For things to change, I must change. For things to get better, I must get better. Till I give my better, till my better is best, and my best is better than the rest. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's that constant, like, I've got to change. So what are we feeding ourselves with? Are you feeding yourself with this podcast? Are you feeding yourself with what books you're reading? What Who are you getting around that's energizing and not negative? Finding that energy for you that's going to help change you, because that's what's going to change your business, your marriage, your, your happiness factor inside of you, your body. That's the thing we have to change. And the more I change myself, the more everything else around me changes. Today, it's my great pleasure to be sitting down with entrepreneur, executive coach, and a good friend of mine, Troy Hoffman. We trace his career trajectory from his humble beginnings, hog hunting and flounder gigging in Cocoa Beach, Florida, to where he is today, founding and running Simplurus, a successful class action settlement administration company. In this powerful and emotional episode that's jam-packed with words of wisdom, we get specific about how to rewire your mind for happiness, magnetize what you want by shifting your mindset, and how to build and scale something from nothing. Listen in as we go over the importance of identifying and removing your triggers, taking a methodical approach to daily living, and finding your very own meaning of success. All right, Mr. Troy Hoffman, thank you for coming down to Hennessy Studios, man. It's great to be here, honestly. <laughs> like, just walking in the door here, like, anyone who's listening to this, you have to come and check this building out. First uh-huh. off, the place is amazing, and you get to walk by all the busts of all the famous people mm-hmm. right outside the door here from the, I don't even know what this is. Some the other, Emmys. Yep. The Emmys yep. is here. It's amazing. It's a cool spot. Thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, you came all the way from where are you? Cancun. Living? So you're in Cancun. Cancun, Mexico right now living. Because if I was going to mail you a postcard, I wouldn't know where to send it man. <laughs> We're pretty much kind of homeless because <laughs> of the pandemic. So we decided to maximize this opportunity and okay, go down, travel around Mexico for the basically over a year now. Okay. Just kind of keep going to different cities and traveling all over. It's been epic. So epic. the last time we were talking, there was no we, it was I. So let's yes. talk a little bit about that. What's going so on met, in your world? So I met this amazing girl like okay. several years ago. And then somehow we dated once. She did not like me. Okay. Dated a second time. She did not like me again. <laughs> True story. I swear <laughs> to God. I had to keep working on this one. The third time we went out, we really hit it off. And it just went quick. Like I've never was married. I always had dated great people, but it never was that right feeling. Mm-hmm. And people always say, you know when you know. And I thought they were full of it. <laughs> But I swear, to, I swear, it was like, you knew, like mm-hmm. it was, it was it. It was like, okay, yeah, let's get married. Just like that's that. That's simple. And it just, and it just happened so fast. So how, so, from the time you went on that bad first date and bad second date to the time you married, how long? About a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like, finally, by the third time we hung out, it was like, okay, let's, let's keep dating. And it just, just worked. So, and it's, and it's very easy. Okay. It's very, you can be like 100% truthful. You can be 100% direct and honest. And you don't have to try to be anything else or do anything else. It's one of the most, I don't know, surreal things. Yeah. You almost believe it's not possible till it is. Yeah. So. I, that's the story of my life, man. Yes. You know, so my story, I, uh, I met my wife on uh, Valentine's Day or the day before Valentine's Day. And Aww. we got married on April Fool's Day. So a month <laughs> and a half later. Wow. Yeah. So talk about like love at first sight yes. and knowing. Yeah. yeah. So now we are three years, you know, three children later, 23 years later. That's yeah. amazing. Isn't it great? Yeah. We yeah. were married six months later. Good, man. It's crazy. I love it. Well, congratulations. Thank you, sir. I saw some of the photos actually on Instagram. Oh, too. thanks, so, man. Yeah. So it sounds like family life is good. 
how's just life in general? Like what's going on in your world, man? You know, I've been, I've been pretty blessed to have a pretty epic life. Um, and even now it's even more epic. You know, you kind of keep working. You do the personal development stuff. Mm-hmm. You set your goals. You get the dreams. You you get the vision. And you go after. And you keep building it. And if you can make it through, like you know, Shawshank Redemption style, that mm-hmm. five hundred yards of shit you have to crawl through sometimes to to break free of different things, right? It, it really is this massive freedom on the other side. I don't know if we're allowed to say cuss words. Sorry. Oh, no, totally are. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> but here. it's like that freedom on the other side you really can experience and whatever you want to manifest, you truly can, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where you hear the stuff. You're like, oh, these people are full of it. Again, like going to the seminars, reading the books, right? Mm-hmm. Listen to the cassette tapes back in the day. Sure. I'm really dating myself now. Like uh-huh. I was a lifeguard on the beach for many years. I listened from, you know, by like 16 on to like Zig Ziglar and Tony Robbins mm-hmm. and like Charlie Tremendous Jones and all these old school motivational speakers. As a young kid, huh? As a, yeah. Chris Widener and all these other crazy speakers. And mm-hmm. so you keep listening to this stuff and you're like, is it possible? And after a while you see, wow, it really is possible. There are people that go from nothing to something, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of what's been really fun. And then living the life has been really fun too, right? And you're still working, you're still living, you too. And you get to choose what you want to do, which is the coolest thing, right? Where do I want to go? What do I want to do? What do I want to work on? What do, what drives me? What am I passionate about? What am I going to, what am I going to make happen with my life every single day that I'm really, that I enjoy? And I book my schedule full. I book my weeks full. I book my months and years full of things that are going to bring me joy and fulfillment, if that makes sense. So. It makes complete sense. So as a kid, when did you know that you were an entrepreneur? I kind of grew up with like a dad that had his own electrical contracting business. Okay. My grandmother built this clothing company when, I mean, back in the, I think, 40s or something. And she had uh, shops up and down the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of, you know, uh, kind of like I call him an uncle, but not technically an uncle. This guy, Ronnie Domeno, he owned Ron John's. I saw him build up Ron John's Surf Shop. I saw all these other people just in a very small town build up these businesses. And I just, and of course, you're a kid, you're broke, your parents will give you money. So you go work and do all the basics, mow lawns, paint numbers on sidewalks, knock on doors to get jobs, whatever, hand out detailed cars. Like, and then the first company launched like with a real like EIN number, like F-E-I-N when I was 18. So we built like this t-shirt business and then we made hats and stickers and did youth conferences and then, you know, started doing truck stops with the stickers, a holographic prismatic. Then we built this like web, kind of like a web design company where we basically called it Value Web when we built shopping cart technology back in the day that actually linked to credit card processing. So that's what we were helping people do. And when I was like 18, 19, 20. So ahead of your time. Yeah. It was crazy back then. It was fun. Yeah. And so uh, you grew up where? I grew up in a place called, you know where Cocoa Beach, Florida is or Kennedy Space Center is very much Huckleberry Finn lifestyle. Okay. You surfed, you went boating, you went in the swamp, skater hunting, hog hunting, flounder gigging. No, this is really not not my I tell these people these things. Some people are like, what did you do? (laughs) I'm like, all my friends were like, either like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It was Uh much more a lower key lifestyle place. You weren't exposed to... Like out here in LA and Orange County and California, it's a totally different mentality. I mean, everybody you meet here is doing something amazing, it feels like. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. You know, just different journeys. So I've got two uh, children, uh, 19, 17, and one just wants to be a normal teenager. He's got a job at at Target. Mm -hmm. And then my other son is like rock and roll star and all this, you know, and pursuing music, pursuing acting. Oh, I saw that. I saw that you were up at... uh, uh, 
Whiskey a Go Go. Whiskey a Go Go. Yeah, he yeah. performed there. Yeah, right? I saw that you were there. And I was like, wow, that's awesome that he was doing that. It's so cool. It's a big deal. Yeah, it was, that's it, it world was a famous. big deal. Yeah, I mean, you know, Guns N' Roses, like some yeah. big bands kind of yeah, got their start huge. in the same stage and it doesn't look any different. Um, but you're right, you know, like everybody's childhood is different. And it sounds like you didn't come from wealth, right? You said your your family had a business and my grandmother did okay. I don't think she passed it down to her kids. Like she she sold off and then she traveled the world for like the next 10, 15, 20 years, almost right? traveling all over the world. And then she retired to Florida and used up probably burned through her money in retirement. Yeah. And my dad never really made a lot of money. He became all these doctors, like a chiropractor, neurologist, internal medicinist, clinical nutritionist, trying to like save the world. Yeah. Everyone that was broke, that was, you know, sick with cancer and lupus and issues would come to his clinic and he would help them, you know, get better and heal through detoxification programs and diet and nutrition and supplements and doing all these crazy infrared therapies and red light therapies. And, huh. and it really worked. And these people would get better and they get rid of their, whatever the major challenge was at the time. So I see. Pretty fascinating. So like looking back, right, when you're 18 and you started that first business, you know, first of all, was the business successful? Like what did you, did you sell it? So the or? practical business was the, the, the moving of merchandise yeah. was, was successful. Then yeah. we got in the web development and the smaller gigs were successful. So when we took on these larger clients and we were young and we didn't know what we were doing with contracts, there wasn't mentors back then. There wasn't really guides or anything. We had no idea what we were doing with these friends I had, we sure. were all pulling together and we got taken advantage of by larger companies. So we built out large project, borrowed a lot of money to build out this large project. Uh, somebody just mm -hmm. didn't want to pay. The internet was crashing. It was run by good old boys at the time. If you can imagine, thought the internet was just going to go away. <laughs> mm -hmm. Why do I need this? You know, we got phone centers, we got magazine advertising, you know, and so we tried and I didn't know about, you know, really litigation. I didn't know about the right attorneys. I'd have no business mentors. The largest company that I'd ever worked for ever was maybe like 25 employees. Okay. And so I never, even, even the essay they had back then, something called SCORE, okay. Senior Corps of Retired Executives. And it was like retired NASA engineers. And they were coming to consult you. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And uh -huh. it was just like the advice they gave was from a giant corporation yeah. standpoint, not from an entrepreneur standpoint. Uh -huh. Building something from nothing is, is a very different world than working in a corporate job. Like even the, your general manager, we were just talking about like his corporate experience. He sure. ran giant companies. He's great for running next level companies, but starting from zero people to 25 is a whole other space of work, uh -huh. right? Yeah, yes. yeah. So it's interesting that you say that, right? Because, you know, it sounds like you didn't go to college, right? If you just started your first business at 18, did you just kind of skip over that? I didn't go to college till I was 24 and after I went bankrupt. Okay. So I decided to bankrupt everything. Well, that was the coaching. Just bankrupt everything, get rid of the debt, go to college. I was like, ah, oh, sure. Sounds like a great idea uh -huh. to find the right college. But that's when I went to college finally and got a few degrees. You did. Okay. Yes. So you ended After up I went back, I was like, okay, I need to learn all this. So uh -huh. I went and got one degree in like multinational finance, another degree in performance management psychology, which has been, you know, learning the number side of the business was very useful. And looking at businesses, running P&Ls, balance sheets, finance, you know, just overall how things are and what's actually available to us yeah. was educational. And then the other side of it was like the performance management psychology. It's like, you know, it's using behavioral modification techniques in a work environment yeah. to, you know, motivate and elicit, you know, the positive behaviors you want from somebody hmm. basically. And you build out token economies or all kinds of other things. And, you know, we've actually built a kind of build a lot of performance management systems in the company 
that helped motivate uh, and different models over the years. So even now there's a, a new model with new management. They kind of create their own systems. How do you motivate the entire group to hit different levels? And what does that look like? The carrot and the stick type things, right? Got it. Like so, an EOS or something like that. Yeah, like, like EOS, that. traction. Those are mm -hmm. all the uh, core components of managing. Yeah. And then you have to figure out the uh, what's the reward is. Like you can do balanced scorecard system. They hit something. What do they get? You can tie in simple things like pizza parties to more complex bonus structure plans, depending on what state you're in, right? I see. Without getting sued, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So I when I was in college, um, you know, because I, I went to, first of all, I joined the Air Force out of high school, right? Served my country, started to do community college, That's and awesome. I graduated. And then I went to UNLV. I was in, living in Las Vegas, contemplating going to law school. But as I'm mm -hmm. sitting in college, I'm taking like some of these classes, like, you know, accounting and this and that. And I just knew that I wasn't, my brain wasn't wired to be an accountant, right? But I was just, I just got to get past this class. I knew back then that I was going to hire an accountant, right? Like, yeah. It just, I saw my future, right? Mm -hmm. And that's such a powerful thing. And I know you're, of all people that I know, you're one of the people that actually kind of not only like see your future like vividly, right? Mm -hmm. But then you just go and act it out, right? Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that. Does that just come naturally to you or what? I don't know because you go through these stages where there's very clear visions given to you and then there's times that there are not. So starting Simplurus, there was a moment in between the company previously I helped start. And tell everybody what built. that company is and what you do at that company. Um, so Simplurus is a, something this term now is a class action settlement administration company. Okay. That's the industry we started in. Now we're doing corporate remediation. Now we're doing a lot of just corporate work for people. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of mass action, mass arbitration stuff in Simplurus Inc. currently. And we end up building this giant, massive uh, ERP system for this claims administration industry where we basically send out a lot of information to a lot of people and a lot of people respond back. Then we send out a lot of money in one way or another. And we built this huge tech platform. And, um, and so that's really what we do at Simplurus. And now we're actually administering, you know, more and more larger and larger and larger cases with an amazing executive team now running it full time that are 10 times better than I. And how it's old amazing. is the company, this company? Uh, Simplaris is now 15 years old. Okay, got it. 15 years. So it was 15 years, January 7th, technically, truly. We opened the doors January 7th of that one in 2007. Okay, got so, it. Now that we understand what the company is. So tell me a little bit more. <clears throat> no, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. You see these... Uh, you see these stories, like when I was in high school, uh -huh. this one teacher is like, to get out of school early, you had to take this one class. So yeah. you get out, you can have a job and go wash dishes or lifeguard or something. Yeah, yeah. So you had to take this one class, but the guy had stacks of like Entrepreneur Magazine back in the day and like some other different business magazines. And he talked about like starting your own business and owning your own company. And the guy was really fantastic about that. And I was like, so in my head, I was like, oh, this would be I want to be an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. right? And then you see all these other people build businesses from scratch. So if you look up, like watching this little tiny surf shop called Ron John Surf Shop go bigger and bigger and bigger and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was like, oh, wow, this, like, this is one person behind all of this. And they have the Ron John car and the resorts. And you just see how a small idea can scale so much in that these are normal people doing this. I think those kind of things inspired me. And then you just start reading those Inc. magazine. Like mm -hmm. you start reading Inc. You're like reading about all these successors. Like I want to be on the Inc. 500. You read the list. You look at the people. Be, 
Like they had just started the internet. Like back then, yeah. that's how old I am now, Jason. Uh-huh. <laughs> no lie. And it's like, <laughs> like the, I think they had, I can't remember. It was like senior year, we're doing a report. There was like one place to go pull all your information, kind of uh-huh. like a Wikipedia back then. Sure. And that was it. There uh-huh. was like nothing else, barely. It was like Blackboard system, yeah. all BBS systems back in the day. And so, but I just reading those magazines, like I want to be on that list. Hmm. And you just get these things that just plants inside of you. And then when you make the list, you're like, wow, this is amazing. You know, and, but, and you kind of, all your energy, all your focus. And then, you know, and if you're not careful without the coaching, I think this is kind of like the, one of the challenges that I, I really want to work with people and doing a lot of coaching around and helping a lot of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. working deeply with is, is you give so much to building these businesses, you lose yourself in the process. There's, there's the waking and there's the adrenal blowout because you're, you're drinking so much coffee your your diet your nutrition goes to crap. You're out drinking all the time with clients You're you're, you're sacrificing your health for this quote unquote wealth, which is not really true. And so I, because of building these things, because of all the success in one area of life, like some people are very successful in family, but not in business. They're very successful in business, but not in family. Sure. And they, ha- and they kind of have this like have it all lifestyle. It's really got to be a very focused and intent game plan every single day of our lives. What supplements are we taking? What water are we drinking? What veggie drinks are we making? And this methodical approach to this daily living. And when you don't do that, and when all it is is wake up, email, and build a business, you can build anything you want. Yeah. Whatever is in your mind, like I, you just get around these people. I'm in a group called EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. And you watch all these amazing success stories launch out of there. Or get around CEO Coaching International or, or YPO. And you see this, man, it's amazing that these people that, you know, very, very, very simple, humble beginnings build these amazing things. It truly mm-hmm. is like the... American dream. Sure. Yeah. Actually, I belong to Vistage. I'm also a YPO guy. That's awesome. Going to Panama next week. That's awesome. With my YPO group. Yeah. You're right. You you hit it on the head, right? Because there's so many people that, you know, are million and billionaires, right? But they're Mm -hmm. not happy. No. Right? But, you know, society kind of defines them as successful, Mm -hmm. right? But I think successful comes from internal right? What makes you successful? What do you define your success as? What's going to fulfill you? What's going to fulfill What's you? What's going to make you happy? Yeah. What makes you feel happy and feel like, oh, I'm in peace in my life. I feel calm. I feel love. Yeah. You know, when you like, man, it could be the money. It could be the relationship. It could be the car. It could be just going for walks or hikes or working on projects, working on specific things that you love doing. You love building things. I was literally taking a call from these two guys that are up all night in crypto working on a book. Uh-huh. And I'm literally like putting on like a sweater, brushing my teeth, talking to these guys, laying in bed, finishing, <laughs> trying to finish the conversation. And they were, they were ready to go all night. These guys were on fire, mm-hmm. like, like building the building this business they're building around crypto and they're loving it and they're just passionately doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whatever that is for you, you got to find that, mm-hmm. right? And that, that fulfillment. It's, and you even, I had a dinner last night with a gentleman, uh, who's, you know, extremely, extremely successful. Okay. Like it's, it's killed it in the, in the, in the tens of millions. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, still trying to figure out what that love component is, that balance component, that the family component, sure. you know, and it, and it's interesting if, you know, when things are off, it's, it's a challenge. Like there's always these unique challenges that we all experience that we have to figure out how do we solve these in our lives to, and then once we solve it, then we get to go to the next level of our lives. Uh-huh. So it's like opens another door. It's like a video so, game. You yes, le- leveled 100%. up. 
right? Yeah. 100%, uh-huh. Always right. Uh huh. Totally agree. So, uh, and you, and you don't, you just don't have the answers as a, especially for an entrepreneur that either went to college or didn't, cause there's a lot of entrepreneurs that didn't go to college. Right. You mm-hmm. know? Um, but you know, you, you don't have the answers, right? You're just going to make a whole lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. right? You learn from your mistakes. Right. And it sounds like you figured out early in life that, Hey, listen, as an entrepreneur, I want to do everything my way. Right. And most entrepreneurs are control freaks. I got to get this done. Perfect. But it seems like you learned the value of bringing on a team and delegating very quickly. Cause that's the only way that I see it as being an entrepreneur, probably for just as long as you to live that balanced mm-hmm. life that you're living right now. Yes. Right. 100%. Yeah. You have to figure out where you're getting very, very clear on what am I not good at in life? Mm-hmm. What does not fulfill me? What does not charge me up? What does not give me passion? What does not not open me up and make me wake up every day with like this intense motivation, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like when we step into that and we say, okay, these are the negatives that drag me down. I'm going to focus on the things that actually give me energy. And I put my time, my, my money, my energy there. It massive things happen. And when we're trying to be someone other than who we are, things don't move fast. Things like become a drain. They become energy sucks. They become these negatives in our lives and they become more and more larger problems. And we put more and more of our energy there. And it's almost like this, this whole death loop we just go through, you know, we're just going in this death circle, spiraling down, down, down into this pit until we solve for it. Right. And so one of those things for me was I'm not the best manager in the world. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm I'm probably horrible at it. Like I don't want to, I'm not a methodical process person to, to work every day in a process. Like some people have that more of a skill set, that management skill set. And I was trying to spend so much time in that. Mm -hmm. And when I realized like there's other people that love it, they want to do this. This is who they are. Um, I like building out processes. I like building out procedures. I like architecting businesses and architecting systems and architecting these, like, where can we take this thing? How do we make this thing to go from, from here to here, right? From, from a lower level to a higher level of something, whatever that business is, that's what I love playing in. And when I do that and I make that happen, even when I'm coaching people or, or, or be on advisory boards or boards or, uh, investing in companies, like th- when I play that role, I do well. Mm-hmm. When I'm trying to actually manage things, like, oh, did you get that project done? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's that's the failure. best use of your time. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's it, not what you're you're good at or you're passionate. No, about. and it cost me a lot of money uh-huh. to fail in this area and years because I I didn't get the right coaching. Sure, I didn't I didn't listen to people when people said things. I um, you let ego or arrogance or whatever it is that blocks you from hearing what people say and going, Oh, this is just so easy. Just I'll find this other person that wants to do this and allow them to do it. And it's that easy. Like, yes, it's that easy. Yeah. And when you give them the, the, the responsibility, the grace and the, and the backing, you support them and you work together. It's, it's amazing. I mean, like the management team we have now at just Simplaris alone, I mean, they're the dream team in this industry. Sure. I mean, honestly, they're all, super high level, super dynamic, 10 times better than I, like everything. It's amazing. Yeah. So now that was one of the keys to, uh, to, you know, you mentioned Inc, you know, we did the Inc 500, we made the Inc 5,000 we've been doing it consecutive every year. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was one year where we were growing. And when I say we, it was me and a small team, Mm -hmm. but I was working 15 hour days. Right. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the year, we had all this profit, but guess what? That just means I've got to pay the government a large amount of money. And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking to myself, 
why did I kill myself? Mm-hmm. You know, why did I work these 15 hour days sacrificing time for my family to be in the yeah. office, work more, 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 right? It, you're never done. Like work Correct. is never done, especially yeah. as an entrepreneur that has all these other ideas too. But, you know, I'm like, man, I just wrote a big check to the government. I'm like, screw this. I'm like, next year, I'm starting to bring in like senior leadership and I'm going to start yeah. replacing everything that I'm not good at or I'm passionate about. And those were, like you said, if you want the dream team, you got to pay for the dream. It's expensive, right? It is expensive. But now here I am on a Friday sitting with you doing something that I'm passionate about, Mm -hmm. right? Has nothing to do with business. Like I'm not here selling you anything, Mm -hmm. right? It's just me kind of being curious and interviewing people that I enjoy talking to. And now that kind of fulfills me and makes me successful or happy or positive. Whereas I've got people in place that is doing things to kind of support the business and growing the business even without me. Right. And this will bring in even more business for you by doing this podcast, by impacting other people's lives. They're going to be like, Oh, Jason does X, his company does Y. And and you're, you're adding even probably even more value now by doing this and and living in, I know people always say this, but living in your genius or whatever they say, it's like, Uh some of it sounds corny, but it's so true at the same time. It's like, ah, God. Yeah, Jason, you, and you're killing it. You guys are doing amazing here. It's, it's so cool watching the story. Thank you, man. Yeah, I love this stuff. We're, we are truly having fun. Yeah. Yeah, truly having fun. What about gratitude? How do you how do you show gratitude? I'm curious. For yourself, for your people. Well, one life. thing is like, uh, I know a simple practical thing I learned from this like men's group I was a part of is like they kind of have the thing you kind of have to do every day your core for, right? Mm-hmm. One of those is sending your your love tax, your gratitude tax or whatever every morning. Yeah. And you just find two people that you literally just like, it's easy. You find your wife, or your kids, or your mom, or your dad, or your friends, or somebody. And you're just saying, hey, I'm grateful and thankful that you're in my life. Or, or hey, I'm so proud of you for this. And something where you're constantly, you know, I'm proud of you for this. I'm, 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 I'm so glad that you're you're my stepson or something, right? Mm-hmm. You're kicking butt in this or something. To an eight-year-old is going to be different than to your wife or sure. whatever. Hey, I'm grateful that I married you. It's the best choice ever made. Or to your mom, hey, mom, thank you for taking us to go ride on that train in Texas one time. And, you know, and you try to think of things all the time to what you're grateful for. And I, I don't know. I know some friends that are very hardcore about this, like, yeah. but that's the way I show gratitude. And then also in like the morning journaling session, like it's just real simple. Like, okay, what am I grateful for? What am I, instead of looking at the situation negative, I'm like, what am I happy about this situation? Exactly. Right? And like, okay, I'm happy about this one scenario, even though this other part of it's not good. This other part is good. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, God, this is amazing. Yeah. Like I could be unhappy that it's, you know, in Cancun because it doesn't have a Erwan uh, store right next door to me <laughs> with every possible organic thing I ever possibly could want with every grass-fed thing, with every, yeah. you know what I mean, possible uh-huh. gluten-free thing you possibly want. And it's not in one place. So I could be happy. Well, hey, the weather's amazing. It's never freezing in Cancun. It's awesome. That's right. The water's great. We go surfing. We're learning kite surfing where I'm able to sit in quiet and stillness and work on projects and read these books and and prepare for the next stage, whatever that next stage is. You know what I mean? As mm-hmm. I keep reading and studying and learning and, and getting time with the family and it becomes epic, right? Mm-hmm. Or you look at the negative, there's no air want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Well, what you're basically saying is you have the power to control your mindset right? Yeah. Perilous analysis, right? There's that whole thing, right? 
Um, you know, if, if you focus your time and energy on everything that's going bad, guess what? Your life is going to start to react to that. Right. Mm. But like what you just said is so powerful. And for those that are listening to this podcast, I just want to recap that, you know, you can always find the positive in things, mm. right? That's where you need to focus your time and energy. Um, and you know, give people in this situation, the benefit of the doubt. And that, that's how I try to live my life too. I think if you're an entrepreneur and listening to this and you focus on the negative, you're just going to get more of that. And people always say that, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Whatever you focus on, you just get more of. And I, I don't know why it works that way. It just does. It does. I think if, once we start under, understanding and accepting these things, it becomes easier to change. For things to change, I must change. For things to get better, I must get better. Till I give my better, till my better is best. And my best is better than the rest. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's that constant, like, I've got to change. So what are we feeding ourselves with? Are you feeding yourself with this podcast? Are you feeding yourself with what books you're reading? What Who are you getting around that's energizing and not negative, right? Because mm -hmm. sometimes even you're... For, even people you're around, even entrepreneurs can be negative. There's a there's different people at different times that you need kind of to energize you or things you need to listen to or read or or or, or groups you need to be around. Like you were talking about YPO, mm -hmm. like finding that energy for you that's going to help change you because that's what's going to change your business, your marriage, your your happiness factor inside of you, your body, the way you show up in the world. Like that's the thing we have to change. And the more I change myself, the more everything else around me changes. Yeah. And the environment changes, right? And it all starts with that kind of like that. Let's focus on what, what is good that I can focus on, that I am happy about, that I can give gratitude about. Yeah. Whatever it is, I'm gratitude I'm alive. If that's as simple as that, like, great. Sure. Another day above ground. Yeah. <laughs> good day. High five. The ener so energy going. is contagious, man. Yes. Yeah, positive and negative, right? And then you start to attract mm -hmm. that. That's what it is, like a magnet, really. Yes. You know, as you're walking around. Like, people feel like when you walked in, uh -huh. your energy is just so like, oh, my God, look at this place. It's amazing. Look yeah. at you. You're doing so well, right? Yeah. And But you're... You're authentic, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? I'm not saying that, but that's just because that's your mind. That's how you think. You're seeing the positive in people and what they're doing, right? You could have walked in and be like, ah, oh, it's hot in here, you know? Like, ser <laughs> like, seriously, right? And then that changes the whole dynamic, right? It's like, well, let's get the guy some water, right? And then it's like, this water's warm, you know what I mean? Like, This water is amazing, by the way. <laughs> Thank you for my Evian water. You are so nice. I love you. But these <laughs> Much gratitude. <laughs> But do you see how easy uh -huh. it is just yeah. with the slightest things that you say and do, how it changes <laughs> yes, yes. the energy of everyone around you, Yes, right? It's so powerful. Here's my, my question for you. So when is enough though, right? So, you know, cause like, you know, you're successful, right? You know, you've got businesses, you've got people working for you, you got an amazing life. You've got a family, you got a wife, right? There's that old saying, right? It's like, Hey, you know, I don't want to just go to the basketball game. I want to own the team, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to just own the team. You know, now I want to own the plane that I fly on. No, mm -hmm. I don't want to own the plane. I want to own the company that owns the plane. Nope. Mm -hmm. I want to own the island that the plane lands on, right? Mm -hmm. There's never enough, especially for an entrepreneur. You're always thinking bigger and bigger and bigger. And so at the end, when it's all about to, like when you're in the nursing home, like, did you accomplish everything that you set out to accomplish? Or do you consider yourself a failure because you never owned that island? No, I mean that you hear, if you read Winston Churchill's writing, he considered himself a failure. Huh. in the end of his life in a lot of ways. Even though he accomplished so much because certain things didn't happen that he wanted, he, he looked at his life in some ways, he, he was judging himself in a massive way as almost a failure. And everyone looks at Winston Churchill. Hmm. 
So I think there's just having people that you can talk to and maybe help give you the other perspective is what changes that. And two, it goes back to what do you want? It's like that old quote from, I forget, um, oh my God, who was it? But they're like, I can help. Uh, it's like a famous writer. Okay. I'm going to blank on who it was specifically. Uh -huh. I don't want to misquote it. Like, but he said, I can help any man or woman get what they want, but I can't seem to find a man or woman who can tell me what they want. Hmm. Like really want. And so if you can really choose what you want, because they, you may think you want this big business and this big and a lot of money and like the plane and everything, mm -hmm. but also what are you giving up in that process? And, 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 and there's really just, what do you want? What is that choice? What's going to give you happiness? And that's the hard part of like the self-discovering, like what, for some reason, this brain, this body, this soul, this spirit, whatever it is that makes us, whatever name or languaging you want to put around it. It's it's unique to each of us, right? Mm -hmm. And what fulfills somebody is totally different from something else. I mean, yeah. and that's the hardest thing in, in our lives is really to keep journaling and keep discovering ourselves and, and figuring out, man, what do I want? What do I want to do? Right? Yeah. What is it? Is it truly to have impact? Is it truly just to get money? Is it truly just to travel? Is it truly just to have raise kids? Like what what is it? And it's so unique to everybody. And and then and people do go down these paths where they end up working so long and they sit there depressed at the end and they're like. Yeah. And was it worth and it? And they have everything that they wanted. Was Elliot. it worth it? Yeah. Right. They got the big company. They live in the $10 million home mm -hmm. in Newport Beach. Right. It's like, I've got everything that I want, but I woke up and I'm just not happy today. Right. Because I didn't achieve this bigger vision that mm -hmm. I had. Right. No, I see a lot of people like that. I mean, it's, um, and, and, and the farther you go, it's kind of like, okay, well, what more? Like there's, it's kind of easier to define what you want when you have little. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I just need a car to get to work. Yeah. Pretty easy goal. You know, I'm tired of riding a bicycle. Then the car you get, like, you know, I just want a car that doesn't break down and I'm having to pour oil in it every 50 miles or something. Then you want a car that, well, the wheels are not, you know, falling off the car and, and the metal's showing, right? Then you want a car that is new because you don't want it to break anymore. Then you want a car with new and a warranty. And then, yeah. you know, it's always like this next thing. And, and usually it's pretty simple, but when you start having, I know people say it's like 60,000, but I think it's probably more for Californians, the cost of like, after so much money, you don't need any more money. And it doesn't really change the happiness factor for you. There's yeah. like all these studies, but they're kind of right. It's like, there's always so much that you really need. And then after that, it's like, what do I want? Mm -hmm. and, it, and it becomes much more difficult to really choose when there's a huge field of options. Like Jason, you now can go build this business or invest in this or go here or go travel here or mm -hmm. take the family to Disney World or Disneyland or even forget that. We can go to we can go to Disney in Europe. We can go to Disney in where yeah. there's all these Disney options. You're sure. like, man, which Disney do I choose? Yeah. And that's kind of as, as you have more success, there's more options. You have to even get more strategic about your choices uh -huh. and even be more narrowed, which is this that's the difficult thing for entrepreneurs and people running things and leaders to accept and actually refine and define. And that's where that personal work, that's where you listen to these podcasts. You get someone to challenge you on different areas. You, you join the YPOs, you join the EOs, you, you get other people's perspective to help keep you on track Yeah, because it's very easy just to start going all over the place. So what you what you just mentioned is is key, right? You know, because as an entrepreneur, you're always like the boss, right? Per mm -hmm. se, right? Not necessarily. I mean, you've got clients who are really the mm -hmm. boss, right? Yeah. You know, but you're kind of in full control, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes because you're in so much control, you become a danger to yourself. Mm -hmm. 
And so when you join groups like Vistage, EO, YPO, now you're hanging out with like-minded people who are, you know, holding you accountable to living a more fulfilled and balanced life, mm -hmm. right? Because you're kind of hearing what what is fulfilling them, right? Mm -hmm. But coaches, you had mentioned coaches earlier. Mm -hmm. Do you have a coach? I got a few. You do? I got a few because you constantly need people holding the mirror to you and then pointing at spots in the mirror saying, you might want to consider this. Okay. And then oh, painting a picture of what else might be possible for you in some way, shape, or form. So if it's in body or nutrition or like, I mean, I've got the the yoga, I call her the yoga girl that comes every morning to the place we're living and there's like a palapa and and now we got the community kind of like more and more people joining us to do yoga. Okay. But I was just doing yoga by myself and then the wife joined and then more people from the community joined and it's fun. Cool. Right. So that's like, and she's helping me. I get hit by a car when I was a kid. So my body just gets super tight all the time. So I have to like constantly do this. Right. Okay. So she's constantly helping show me ways to change my body. I'm part of this men's group where there's like actually several coaches. There's actually like four coaches with like seven guys. Hmm. in our little pod and we meet twice a week and they're constantly, you know, where are you at with this? What's going on? What calling you out in your stuff? Have you thought about this? Like, Hey, this trigger is showing up. How are you resolving it? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got another guy that has been fantastic called Dr. Doug Lair. He helps clear is like, um, I want to say emotional triggers in your body. Hmm. Like you think a thought and it sets something off and you get mad, glad, sad or something. Yeah. And he gets rid of those things. So now you're more clear on, you're not making choices from ego or from sadness or from anger or from like, you didn't, I don't know, you didn't respond to me or whatever we get yeah, mad yeah. about. And mm -hmm. you have these people constantly work on you. The, the results are better. And then you, what, even now I'm trying to figure out, okay, what's next? And I'm actually looking for a coach specifically for like this idea of next, like helping, do I help build companies next or help get with groups of people and buy and sell companies or help entrepreneurs, you know, go to that next level and try to figure out, okay, is this a thing that I can do? Sure. And I'm almost looking to find like, okay, who's this next person that's going to show up in my life to help coach me on helping other entrepreneurs grow their businesses, maybe exit, maybe whatever that is. Yeah. Um, Cause I feel like that was an area I can do more of. And I'm, and it's, and it's like my golf game. I just love it so much. And I'm just doing it for free. I'm now coaching people and getting paid to coach and getting invited on more and more areas. Yeah. More and more people to be involved in their companies. And it's been fun. Mm -hmm. Like, I just love it. And it's like, so this kind of like this natural back to the other thing, you know, where do we go with our lives? How do we make our choices? Well, part of it's like, okay, what's showing up and what feels good to me? Yeah. What do I love doing? Because uh -huh. I don't love playing golf. I'll tell you that. <laughs> like I know a lot of friends that love golf. I do not love golf. I love surfing, but I do not love golf. Right. Uh -huh. and it's that simple. So keep going. Sorry. No, it's sidetrack things, Jason. It's all good, man. That your mind doesn't stop, right? No. That's what makes you who you are, right? Sometimes it's just, it's funny. I was watching a, a Joe Rogan with Elon Musk. Right? Oh, he's amazing. Great, right? Both of them amazing. But the, the key to that interview was, for me, was when he says, man, how does it feel to be like Elon, right? Yeah. I mean, like you're changing the world, right? And then his response was, yeah, but what you don't see is I can't turn it off. Yes. Do you remember I saw that, that part I of saw that? that post they, it's all over the place yeah. that one clip it's amazing yeah so true though right yes. you know because here's a guy that i don't think will ever be content his mind is not you know yeah. he is li literally changing the world right seven days a week yeah he's grinding he's going he's but he on will fire. never truly be satisfied ever i don't mm -hmm. think right no yeah. he'll be on mars <laughs> waving at the sunset <laughs>
goodbye as he passes away, I think. What sets, a, what sets a guy like Elon Musk or Steve Jobs or Walt Disney? Like what really kind of has taken them to what, again, society defines as like the top? I don't know, because I've read so many biographies and like what makes the great great is there's something inside him that trips or clicks or something that I don't know. Is there luck? Some luck maybe? I don't know, because you even go to Disney. Like we went to Disney with some friends in town that are speakers and and you walk by and you look at Walt's apartment. You know that when you first walk in the lot, you're like, wow, that was Walt's place. He slept there. He worked and I'm walking through Walt's world. Yeah. And I grew up around Disney and I read about Disney. It's just some people have this, have this amazing thing that just happens, but I don't know. I don't have the answers on that because I didn't do it. I didn't experience it. And you can read all these biographies, but they're all so different Mm -hmm. that I can only tell you about this world that I know about. Right. And it's only like, I, I could pontificate, you know, the Steve jobs and all these other people, but man, they're in a whole nother space the disney's the jobs i mean they're these are these one in, in a one in a billion they or are something like literally people that create these lasting huge legacies that other people look up to but who knows what they went through to achieve that who knows what they gave up or what what why why them i i, I have no idea on that one yeah because I, mean, I can tell you about the guys that you know make it to the the 10 15 20 2500 million 500 million zone and what they're like and what they did but I don't know these other guys. I've and never, those are the guys that dream of being yes, the jobs. the Waltz, yeah. Right? The, the Waltz, right? They want to achieve that legacy. They're that all they huge visions. Behind. They all started out with something that's, small. That's and, key right there is having a vision first. Yes. Right? And so sometimes maybe people just don't have the tools upstairs to have the vision. That could be part of it, right? People just don't think big. The other thing is people are too chicken shit to execute on the vision. Hmm. And, you know, people are, are afraid to fail too. You know, I think those are things that play into it. But I think those guys and women are, uh, they don't come to a party with a problem. They come with solutions, right? They're constantly thinking about solutions. And I think that's kind of the key there. Yeah. they. I mean, they all started kind of with, I mean, if you look back and read the story, they all started with pretty small visions in some way. It wasn't like Disney was thinking about Disney parks at one point. Mm. They, the vision will progress. The vision will grow. The vision be faithful to little and you'll be made faithful over much. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to draw this cartoon character. I want to make this little movie. I want to build a little team making these little movies. I want to build, okay, I lose this team. I'm going to go build another team now after Disney lost his first team. And you look at how things progress and, and the year and the timelines, you're like, oh, and then all of a sudden you see the timeline start stacking. Like even the Walmart story, mm-hmm. like Sam worked in a five and dime for seven years, shut that one down, moved to another city. I think it was like another seven years or something until he's up and opened a second store. Yeah. And then it just kept compiling after that. Yeah. So, I mean, you had a really <laughs> long ramp and it's funny that it's almost like be faithful and good at the little and you'll be made faithful over much one day. Mm-hmm. I think that's the secret. They just kept, they didn't give up. Sure. I mean, Steve Jobs showed up every week to the marketing meeting. Mm-hmm. He didn't disappear. Hmm. He didn't quit. He just kept going. Disney, I mean, he, he pretty much died working. <clears throat> I mean, he was still working constantly. Like these guys never really took time off. They just kind of kept going, all of them. Sam Walton took a month off every year for the summer to take his family around. But the 11 months, he was in a plane traveling all over. Yeah. I mean, he was grinding day and night, day and night. I mean, they have this intense grind to them. And so would you say that m- most or all of them were perfectionists? Oh, I'm, I'm, they, I'm sure in some ways, yes. Like, yeah. the, 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 you read the other stories about them from people. 
they're all very intense. Yeah. Disney was intense. Uh, Sam Walton, Steve Jobs. I mean, Jobs about just fonts and stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, like very intense <clears throat> design, yelling, screaming in the office, like all mm -hmm. the stuff that you, you couldn't do that today in California mm. with the, the current <laughs> laws and the current, you would, Jobs would add too many lawsuits to even make the company successful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a different, different environments too. Like, some of the stuff Disney got away with doing the laws he couldn't get away with now and like what he did with Florida, uh -huh. building what he did. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of the things uh, you may have to go to other countries now to, to be successful. I yeah. think almost on yeah. some of the larger scale. But then you look at Facebook. So you have the Facebook stories, the Google stories, like, and who's going to be the next story? Click up. I mean, you start hearing these amazing stories, like the guys that built the competitive Invisalign. So they're still huge opportunities but they're different now mm -hmm. it's gonna be a very much more either tech opportunity versus yeah. something else well that, that that was always a problem that i had was like i was always wanted to be a perfectionist about everything mm -hmm. right but when you're a perfectionist you never you know in most cases don't get things done right and as somebody said good is better than perfect <laughs> right and you know from designing a website to building a company right anything you do sometimes just good is enough for now Right. We'll worry about the perfect 100%. later. Right. Yes. Yeah. All right. We're going to play a little game here um, to get to know you more from a personal perspective. Questions? She wrote these <laughs> questions, guys, I think. Who's those listening? My new Simple. Friend. It's a game is called Never Have I Ever. And so. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, we'll just. We'll, it won't even be a game. Let's just this is why I questions. can't run for office, guys. This is why I will not be president. <laughs> so simple. I'll ask you a question, you answer it, then I'll answer uh, it. And if there's a more of a story to it, we'll okay. get into it. So first question, have you ever gotten a tattoo? No. Me either. No tattoos. No tattoos. I don't want any identifying marks if the government <laughs> takes over. All right. Gotten a speeding ticket. <laughs> Enough to paint walls with. <laughs> Pedal to the metal. Nice. I, of course, have gotten speeding. Is there anybody that has not? I guess people that don't drive, but I think, I don't know. It seems like that's something everybody will die with. I drive fast. Do you? Consistently. <laughs> I have places to go. Have you ever shoplifted? No. No. I don't think I did either. I had friends. I think when I was a kid, I might have thought candy was free and might have ran out, <laughs> like out of the supermarket. My mom was like, what are you doing? And she would always like, correct me. You know, we're bringing that back inside, yeah. right? Like, just because you have to like teach lessons as you go through I life. I had friends that would like <laughs> try to steal beer from stores and stuff. Yeah. In junior high, I was like, what are you doing? Have you ever given somebody a fake name? A fake name? Yeah. Like they said, what's your name? And you gave them a fake name. Oh, I'm sure. Starbucks. Somewhere, yeah. Sure, somewhere. <laughs> There's I, some weird people you meet in this world. You're like, get away quick. How do I get out of here? I learned on this show that people have Starbucks names. And so that's their go-to Starbucks that's name. That's funny. Yeah. I, I never had that, a Starbucks name. Have you ever gone to jail? No, thank God. <laughs> okay, yes. good. Have you ever gone on a blind date? Oh, many horrible times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was single a lot of my life on and off. Good. Have you ever spent more than $10,000 on a night out? Probably not. Unless no? we sponsored an event. Okay. Like we've sponsored some larger events of the company that were very large. So in that frame, yes. And personal frame, no, I'm not the big 
Okay. I'm not the crazy spender. I'm not the big party guy. Let's get bottles. No. I'm not the pop of bottles. I was never that cool, Jason. No, no, not that cool. I, I, so when I was, uh, I, I had a buddy and he was into sports betting. And so he gave, we turned $5,000 into like $300,000. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, wow. Right. And so here I am like 22 years old with $300,000. So I remember flying back home and we got like this big party bus. We went out and we had, I, I probably spent more than $10,000. That's that awesome. Night. Yeah. It was an epic night though. Yeah. Uh-huh. She wants to do this. Yes. <laughs> it was an epic night. Have you ever cheated in mini golf? Who doesn't? <laughs> I'm sure. Like, and then like blatantly cheat too. Like, I'm just kicking this thing. I'm done trying to make the hole. I'm kicking it in. I'm done. Yeah, I've t- of course, right? Have you ever edited your selfies? No, I tried. I tried to uh, learn how to do all that one time. I gave up quick. I can't like, see I'm you not, taking too many pretty. selfies. I'm just not pretty. Like, I, like if I, I just know I'm, it's not changing. Whatever I do, I just look the way I am. I'm stuck with it. So I'm like, okay, forget it. Have you ever watched an entire season of something like just like over a weekend or something? Oh like yeah, Netflix? this is my one. This was one of my sedations. You know, mm-hmm. when the pressure is so high and the intensity and the problems, you know. People sedate in different ways. Mm-hmm. They find sedations. It could be the gym. It could be cigarettes, alcohol, porn, drugs, whatever it is. Netflix. I mean, uh, anything where you're just checking out in some ways. Yeah. That was my checkout behavior. Uh-huh. So when the pressure would get high, I would just be like, okay, I'm going to watch Alias or whatever it yeah, was. Huh? Like, whatever the season <laughs> was of something and like just, just shut out the world out of my mind. Because the problems do get high. Yeah, And it gets too much sometimes for entrepreneurs. If you don't have the coaches, the right voices speaking into your life, you don't have the groups that you're, that's supporting you. Like you can start checking into this lonely place Yeah, and, and you don't even realize it because you think you have friends and family, but if you're not really able to address the challenges in your life, whatever it is, right. If it's, if it's personal, professional, you've got to find people you can be truthfully and brutally honest with one and number two, that can actually have a, a voice and speak something into your life that's going to help change your life. Because mm. I kept de- dealing with the same problems, the same issues, until I found the right solutions and the right people. I see. And I think a lot of people don't find the right solutions and the right people in business. And they and they spend living in hell for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years and never change. Sure. Or they, they, they put up with it, like the old dog on the porch keeps barking and howling, but it keeps laying on the nail. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of areas of our life, even personally, that a lot of us do that too. So that's why I always keep going back right now to finding the resources that are going to help change your life. So yeah. keep going. No, I, I love it. I personally, like I can't sit through TV shows or even movies. I like, I don't know. My mind is just right. Like when my wife or I are watching TV show, whatever, I've got to go up. I got to go get some water. I come back, you know, then I'm like, I got to go, you know, go get up some popcorn, look for something. I'm still kind of paying attention, but I'm just like, I'm doing so many different things at once that I can't even concentrate. Like, I don't know. I've always been like that. So it is what it is. All right. Have you ever, last one, have you ever dropped your phone in the toilet? I don't think I ever have. Like, that's <laughs> Maybe not come close now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always say, never mind. <laughs> uh, 
I've, I, I, that's more of an ex-girlfriend's thing. Like, <laughs> girls seem to do it more than guys for some reason. I'm not sure why. I don't even know, honestly. Pretty funny. Uh, Keep going, Jason. I, and I don't think that has ever happened to me either. Nope. Well, thank you for playing along. That is uh, awesome. And we're going to we're gonna do this thing now called Hennessy Heart to Heart. Okay. okay. Where I just basically ask you some questions like this and you just continue with the answers here. So what is one food that you can't live without? Nowadays, I'm, I'm like, I'm just trying to eat clean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to eat gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free, like meat and veggies, fish and veggies, chicken and veggies, and trying to hopefully that's free-range, grass-fed or whatever is healthy. So we're not getting all these hormones in my system. Like, I, I don't... And how I've long have you been really, doing this for? I've been working really hard. Like, I, when we travel, it becomes very difficult. Yeah. So traveling a lot, it's very difficult to eat clean. Mm -hmm. But when I do eat clean, my mind works better. My body works better. I'm more energized. I don't need caffeine and all these other stimulants to go. I mean, I can go yeah. 18 hours a day and, and everything just is fantastic. If I go off it a little bit, weight gain just blows me up. Of course. I get congested. This week, uh, driving back from the office late at night one night, there's a place called Raising Cane. Oh, yeah. It's so good. It's it like is chicken dangerously fingers. good. The sauce is yeah, so the good. Yeah, the sauces. I was like, I did it twice. I was like, and I had to admit in the in this men's group, I was like, oh, guys, I backslid this week. <laughs> like, I really back. Like, I didn't I didn't drink alcohol. I didn't smoke anything. No, like, I just went and got Raising Cane two nights this week. Because we all sedate in some way. We eat candy bars or something. Of course we do. So we find something that when it's like so much going on and work's getting high again, and you're like, okay. It's a very condensed two weeks of work right now. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this looks really good right now. Yeah, got it. What is uh, your signature dance move? Oh, geez, I don't even know. I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to embarrass myself and everyone around me. Like, that's how bad it is. Like, just get out yeah, there. Just like, kind of move your arms around. I grew up fun, but it's horrible. It's like, I, I'm not back to the not cool factor in the clubs, spending 10,000 wasn't me. No. Uh, what is your most adventurous thing you have ever done? Skydiving for years, surfing, uh, toe and surfing before I ever knew anyone else did it with boats. Okay. Back in a place called Monster Hole in Florida. Random crazy stuff. Um, I, I don't know. It's like uh, even just recently, we spent three months, the wife and I driving through central Mexico huh. and just living city to city, seeing it all. Spending time Monterey, San Miguel de Allende, San Luis Potosi, Guadalajara, Tequila, Sayulita, and surfing the entire West Coast, all the spots. Yeah. We hit as many spots as we could, um, surfing all these epic spots. I mean, Tracones, which is some of the best left waves in the in the world down there, Puerto Escondido. Um, didn't didn't surf the uh the Mexican pipeline. That's pretty intense. Yeah. But we served a place south of there called Salinas Cruz, huh. which is the amazing rights and all these point breaks. And I mean, a lot of times you'd be out there by yourself in the middle of nowhere with maybe one other car and they'd go out surf for a couple hours and disappear. And it was pretty, pretty epic. Like just driving around Mexico for a few months. So that was the most recent thing. And you're just staying and there's internet everywhere, which is surprising. Sure, sure. I mean, there literally is internet everywhere now yeah and you're kind of like you can log in and work from anywhere so it's pretty yeah. pretty amazing so that was the latest one jason M much more adventurous than my life so so while i'm at the clubs and stuff you're doing all that fun <laughs> stuff <laughs> jason's popping bottles in miami isn't he right what skill do you wish you had Oh, I, d I definitely I wish I had more organizational skills organization okay. i wish i was a better manager of people and follow through I'm great in the moment. I'm great at like talking and working with people and visioning and 
but there's this like practical application skills, like focus and getting things done. Mm-hmm. Horrible at like it just. I try very hard, and it's just not not my your thing. thing. Okay, it's so crazy. For me, I would say I wish I could play like acoustic guitar and sing. Right? Oh, how, that'd be great if I could sing. How cool would that? I could play be, acoustic, right? but I can't sing. You mean you anywhere you go, you just bring your guitar in the plane with you. Yes. You go camping. You break it out. Right? That'd be awesome. Like that got to be like the coolest thing it's, ever. Right? Yes. Yeah. God didn't bless me with that. No, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> how do you deal with stress or stressful situations? So this is the good one. This took me a long time to learn. Uh, so you have. So a lot of people go back to the concept of sedation, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. I think everyone needs to like really think about this if you're listening still. Right now, think about where are we sedating in our lives? Is it with ice cream? Is it with whatever it is? There's going to be a sedation because there's a problem showing up that we haven't dealt with. Okay. And the negative emotion is popping in our lives. One of the tools, and there's a bunch of tools, right? One is just learning literally meditation and really learning how to box breathe or learning how to breathe or learning how to just take three breaths or something, right? Immediately trying to disassociate from from whatever it is that's creating this quote-unquote stress in your life. Yeah. Two is you're educating yourself so you know how to intelligently deal with whatever stress factor. Three is clearing the emotional triggers in your life. You might want to consider studying Byron Katie. Hmm. Um, she has the uh, the work it's called. Um, there's other people I've created, taken her stuff and gone amazingly stuff. There's a guy named Garrett J. White, created something called Wake Up Warrior and created something called The Stack. It's a great way to uh, intelligently, consciously address the issue. And then there's subconscious work to get rid of the stressors, right? Hiring people that are very high in an NLP or hypnotherapy to clear triggers. There's also other people that are doing all kinds of other modalities where the trigger doesn't occur anymore. And then the stress of the, the quote unquote stress doesn't occur because the trigger didn't fire. Mm-hmm. And we're not in these stress states because, oh my God, I got to get to something. We've calmed our, our mind. We've calmed our bodies. We've, and we're able to make better choices and we're able to quicker get out of the stress if we learned how to apply these things. So sure. if anyone's listening and they really want help with anything on stress or anything, please hit me up on Instagram. Text myself, you're sedating, you're an entrepreneur, you're stressed out, you know, there's real problems in your life. Hit me up, I'll share any of these solutions with anybody. I love that. Just being open and giving. That's great. Good advice. I'm going to take you up on some of that. What would you say was uh, the low point of your life? Oh, definitely during Simplaris. Like yeah. building Simplaris, like after the Inc. 500, we grew so fast. The problems, like we, I mean, we went, we went from like zero to like 85 people or something ridiculous in like five years. It was a mess. And back to the management issues, I was a horrible manager. Back to the not knowing uh, the mentorship issues, back to not reading the books, not knowing how to run companies, how to deal with it better. I had to dive into EO mm-hmm. and start getting the support. I gained a ton of weight. I was up to 300 pounds. I was, I was wiped out. My mm-hmm. adrenals were shot. Um, my life was a mess. And then Suppleris became a mess right after that. Sure. And so uh, your company is going to be a reflection of you. Yeah. An orderly mind creates an orderly company. An orderly life creates an orderly mind creates an orderly company. Mm. An orderly company creates a better life for you, right? It's this full circle thing. Yeah. So the more effed up I got, the more challenges we had in the company. And I think that's where the personal growth came in. I mean, there's times where because of the industry we are, we put out a lot of money till we get paid. It's six, 12, 18 months sometimes till we get paid in these cases yeah. and these jobs we do. So there's a lot of cash you need to have. 
And there was one point where we were like $1.8 million in the red in like 30 days. I was like, I have no idea what to do. And you know, that's where you find the resources, find the people that think differently. You find the people that want to sit and whiteboard the problem. Find, and you start reaching out. You do not isolate yourself ever. If you're the problem in your relationship, there's a problem in your, in your life, you feel depressed about something. You don't want to go and isolate yourself. That's, that's the worst thing we can do because we're never going to get a solution to get rid of the pain in our lives. Right. And that's why you join the EOs, the YPOs, the whatever, get counseling, whatever that is. So you never get trapped and you just start, the, the depression is going to kick in. The, the suicidal thoughts will kick in. That's why we lose so many people. They don't think there's a way out of their situation. Mm-hmm. And if there's more people that were able to be honest and open, have these skill sets and be able to help more people, we'd have less negativity, less problems, less people being brought down by the world. And, and, and when there's so many people that need to be lifted up right now, yeah. if that makes sense. So. Yeah. That's so powerful. You might want to rewind that if you're listening and listen to that one again, for sure. Mm -hmm. So much power in that. What makes you feel accomplished? Well, now is, I think, different things like just making my wife happy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) surviving a soccer game with an (laughs) eight-year-old. You know, I don't feel accomplished. The email thing, it used to be the email to zero was an accomplishment. Now it's like, ah, whatever. Um, (laughs) You know, it, it changes. Like feeling accomplished is getting through yoga. Mm-hmm. Feeling accomplished is, you know, well, right now I'm trying to feel accomplished by finishing this book, which, book. Would, which would be freaking <laughs> awesome. It's been, it's, it's been like one of those things like, oh, how hard could it be? Yeah. Probably one of the worst mistakes I've made in my life. Jason was trying to write a book. I've, I've been and there. And then the amount of discipline and, and, and process, and it's a complicated book. It's not an easy like, hey, let's talk about motivation, success, and goal setting. It's more like the history of group litigation over the last thousand years. Huh. And like from 1000, you know, AD with like medieval times and, uh, you know, cooking bacon and the battles they had and how group litigation was formed, how even how corporate law was even formed in England to America and how the 1966 rule changes in class action occurred. So it's complex. And I would feel really accomplished if I can get this thing done. If anyone reads it or buys it, I don't even care. I just want to finish it. You want to finish it. Yeah, that would be great. So, so what's the name of this book? Have you named it yet? It's going to be A Few for the Many. A Few for the Many. A Few for the Many. So it's kind of like a history of group litigation. Like how did it come about? How these laws come about? What are these, what do some of these things mean? What is one-way intervention? What are, what are these class action rules? What are these cases? Like what are, what are, what's like the true historical story behind it? Like we've got miners that stole a train and filled it with dynamite to go blow up corporations and, you know, a, a governor getting killed by somebody because of his, you know, all these things kind of mixed into this book, right? Mm-hmm. And so you see how law and our personal lives actually become one. Yeah. And it's fascinating. It's like, it's really neat because you see how, like people always think law is so different from our personal lives. Well, really our our entire life is like, kind of governed and dictated by law. law and order. Yeah. And then these people that we know are writing the laws. Mm-hmm. These people like right now, our government's being run by a certain group of people mm-hmm. that are creating laws and rules for us to operate. in. even now as we speak, sure. may benefit us, may not, may benefit just them. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever that is, we still have to comply with that. And those stories, lives and their lives and why they did those laws is interesting. Mm-hmm. What is their background? Why did this occur? You know, so that's what kind of like this book is. And it's just kind of a fun read. Yeah. Trying to make it for us. So. And how far along are you? Um, we are done with all up to 1966. We're now we're trying to finish the last chapter and figuring out like, how do we close out this book? Okay. So it actually kind of 
will be a good closing chapter around where, what's happened in the last 50 years, where's it going and, you know, how what's happening with blockchain technology and, you know, how this industry, how it's going to change, identification, speed, security, it's all rapidly changing. So settlements are going to happen instantly. And the the way the world's moving with just, I mean, the technology is fascinating. Like you are going to have identification on, on the blockchain that everyone's going to be able to find us instantly, mm-hmm. like as an identity. I mean, there's, what is it, like one and a half billion people aren't even banked right now. Mm. And so you're going to see the whole world rapidly change in good and bad ways. Like sure. right now, even driving here, you, you see the, the, I was blown away just this morning driving here, the amount of homeless tent cities all over oh, the place. Yeah. And I was at a conference where one guy that was talking about AI and machine learning, he's like, you're going to see almost half the workforce out of work in their current jobs in the next five years. And I was thinking about that. Technology is so complex that if we're not, here's one thing interesting. Our success of the past years is our baggage today. Mm-hmm. Our, what made us good back then is our baggage today. If we're not reinventing ourselves, if we're not rebuilding our lives, learning new things, learning how to use new technology, learning all these things, we're not going to have jobs or careers. Sure. And it's happening so fast that old school project management techniques do not work. Old school ways of even SEO does not work. Yeah. Old school, like stuff that worked five years ago is not going to work today. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that should be on most people's mind too, is how am I growing myself to this next level? What am I reading? What am I studying? What am I learning today? So I'm still going to be useful to the world in five years. Sure. If not, we're going to see a mass problem of, Oh, more homelessness, more people out of work, more. I mean, even Elon Musk, as you brought about earlier, you start watching a lot of his videos. He's really scared of AI mm-hmm. and what it's going to do to this world from perspective of AI killing everybody to yeah. perspective, like not jobs for people. That's right. I mean, our claims administration technology, we used to have 15 people 10 years ago to process claims. Oh, I don't know. I think we do eight times the volume with four people. Oh my God. With all the AI. I mean, the, the computer can basically, is smarter than the humans mm-hmm. now with, unless it can't figure out something, then we need to process the outside of it. Of course. But if it's in our system, it's going to have a greater accuracy, like 100% than a human at 99.7 after audit. Mm. You know what I mean? Of, of mistakes. And it's like the speed in which things are shifting, like, Everything's getting automated, everything, everything, everything. So we either are on that bandwagon and we profit from it, or we are going to be left out in the cold and better just hope the government takes care of us. I feel you. You know, like I said, I've got two boys in high school and they don't talk about blockchain. They don't talk about, like, you know what I mean? Like even the um, our schooling and our systems are antiquated, mm-hmm. right? And so there has to be change everywhere. Yeah. I mean, what, what Hyperledger's mm-hmm. built, I mean, if people would just study that one area of blockchain technology, they would really be blown away, I think, of understanding what's being built right now, how vast it is, what does it mean? It's a major, it's as, as big as the internet being being uh, originally coming out sure. right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's that big right now. And I don't think people under even understand, I don't know, even, even going into from the next stage up is like metaverse, right? Mm-hmm. What people are doing there? What? Why? Why should I start buying land there? Who's going to own what? What mm-hmm. is it? It's almost like trying to talk to somebody in New York about buying land in Nevada and like a desert. Like, <laughs> who's ever going to go to this damn desert? Las what? Las Vegas? No, no one's going to go to that place. Yeah, that's a good. There's a whole article analogy. on this you can read from like 1970 about some New York investor going, ah, that Las Vegas thing is going to be nothing, huh. or something. When right after they opened the Flamingo or something, yeah. and 
All that property was sale for a dollar and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting article to read what a, a New York investor said about that. And you think about that's kind of the metaverse right now. It's like, um, are you developing? Where? How are you going to have Jason Hennessy's podcast in there? Yeah. I think a lot of it, people aren't going to have a lot of money. I think the more this, they get rid of entrepreneurship and business people mm -hmm. in America and they start socializing it as they are, I think you're going to get more and more poor people and people not making money sure. is going to be the challenge. And it's just going to be the effect of it yeah. with the rules that are happening uh, more and more. And you're going to have more and more people not making enough to go live normal lives. So they will spend more of their lives in the screen. Like me sedating with Netflix and watching when the pressure's high, I don't want to deal with anything. Mm -hmm. I just want to zone out, shut my mind off yep. and watch. Like that was my old habit, right? Yeah. Um, you're going to have people that are going to do that because their normal life is not that great. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have not just a million or a few, you're going to have billions of people living in this because the ruling class or whoever, the rich, rich, you're controlling all this crazy stuff yeah. and making rules. I mean, there's people definitely creating, doing something. Yeah, They're, they're going to live epic lives. Most of us will not be able to even live a normal life besides our little apartment or condo or something and, and around there, mm -hmm. right? So I think the metaverse is going to really be something to look at as well. Like it's going to blow up. Yeah. It's very confusing, right? For, and for I'm not everybody. trying to get political guys, by the way. Okay. <laughs> no, we're not getting <laughs> the political. got really silent for a moment. <laughs> it was like, oh no, I have no, I don't care about politics. No. You can do whatever they want. I feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. No, it is. It's just very confusing. And sometimes, uh, you know, when you get confused, you just freeze. You know, so, well, thank you. I've got one more heart to heart question um, and then we'll wrap up here. Um, is your mom, dad alive or what? So dad passed away five years ago. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, thank you. Uh, he, he was very motivational. He was very sick. He got, I know this is a very touchy subject now, but I, I don't want to relate it to current circumstances in mm -hmm. any way, but he, he was born semi-healthy. He, he got a lot of vaccines all at once and it really uh, compromises the immune system mm -hmm. where he lost his immune system. On top of that, his mom didn't breastfeed. Top of that, he was fed this like milk thing. And then on top of that, they lived, when she was starting her business, they lived above a bakery and they ate nothing but baked goods and sugary stuff. They didn't have like a good, healthy diet. Mm -hmm. So by the time he was 18, he lost all his hair, it sits all over his body, you know, ends up surfing in Hawaii, met some chiropractors, talked about nutrition, changed his life. When I was like a kid, he was like 30 something. Mm -hmm. And they're like, the doctor said he'd be dead in a year. He doubled down on stem cell therapy, doubled down on nutrition, doubled down on more supplements, more infrared therapy, all these other random things that are now, I mean, they're everywhere. There's infrared beds, I could, I could, I could walk out of this door probably and, and find, find some one. type of health <laughs> therapy center here in LA. But back 40 years ago, this stuff was like, non-existent. Woo -woo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it changed his life and he was able to keep himself long enough. Yeah. That's why he built the the hippie clinic. I, I call see. it right. He became a chiropractor, then a neurologist, internal medicine, clinical nutritionist, people that were broke. They couldn't afford it. Kids with autism. I mean, ADHD, like he was transforming people's lives to such a radical level with just health and nutrition. Right. Mm. And that was what he was doing back in the day. So it was, it was good. It was his time to go. Yeah. Now the funny thing is my mom started dating. Uh -oh. <laughs> well, not really even dating. She was, she was depressed, uh -huh. extremely depressed. And the next door neighbor started trying to hit on her. <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 no. True story. Really? Uh -huh. She's like, I'm not dating anybody. I'm not into that. 
But then all of a sudden we're at a family event and she goes, I'm going steady with this guy. That's what she said <laughs> in 1950 steady. style, right? <laughs> it was pretty funny. So, and she's now living her best life. It's like okay. a second teenager life, her and her boyfriend. Good. He's 74, she's 69. Yeah. And they're just living the an epic life right now. Right? That's awesome. My grandfather is uh, one of my only grandfathers is still alive is dating again right now. And it's fun to watch. Yeah, <laughs> it's it awesome. is fun to watch. Yeah. So, but the back to the question. So let's just kind of use your dad, right? Sound like an amazing man. Um, what a great in positive influence on Yeah, on he's really got me life. on the motivational tapes. Right. He yeah. was listening to them. You know, if dad was looking down on you now, what would you say he is the most proud of you about? Well, surfing. Is that right? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably getting a family, learning to balance life, staying healthy, and living the dream that he wanted to live, hmm. which is sad. He would always talk about like, hey, I'm going to get out of here, go move to Costa Rica and just go surf and go disappear after this, like just hang out on the beach, yeah. live in a shack. And I was like, why do you want to do that? It sounds horrible. And now I get it. Like happiness. Hmm. What is your happiness? Well, I appreciate that, man. For those that want to buy your book or want to follow you, how do they hear, how do they get, keep in touch with you, man? You know what? Right now, the only thing I've been doing even, even like a few times a year right now is Instagram. Okay. Like I'm staying on top of Instagram. You can follow me at, at Hoffman Troy. Okay. And then the other thing is uh, just text me. Like we'll do a marketing thing on the book one day and everything and roll that out. But you can send me a text if, if you're listening today and you need help. You're struggling in business. You're struggling in your life. You don't have anyone to talk to. You feel like you're stuck somewhere and you're, and, you're, and you're not sure how to grow. You're not sure how to get out of the problems where the pain is so high. No one else can help you. Your wife can't help you. The people around you, your business partners, you're thinking suicidal thoughts. You can text or call me anytime. I love these conversations. I'm there for you. I'm willing to help. My cell phone number is 850-322-8261. That's awesome, man. You're going to change some lives, man. You're doing it. Thank you so much, Troy, for being on the show, man. Thanks, Jason. This has been the Jason Hennessy Podcast. This show is produced by Whitney Welsh and Jenna Kershaw engineered and edited by Josh Fisher and recorded at Hennessy Studios. Please be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. 